Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. Chris. And Stu, we're almost at the point where you can just introduce yourself like a regular host. You're on so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Stu Burns is joining us again. And uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the show Elves. It's a series. Am I right? Yes. Yes. I I have not yet seen it. Um, But um, uh, Stu, being our foremost mythology expert uh, on the show, uh, has done a little bit of research into elves, and we're going to see how that compares maybe to the series. And uh, we might also touch a little bit on Krampus uh, in case uh, some of our listeners out there haven't heard our previous shows on Krampus. We'll uh, talk about him as well. So, uh, Jenna, why don't you kick us off today and tell us what is the idea behind elves? What's this kind of the plot line? What happens okay. kind of a thing? So just to sum it up, uh, Elves is a Danish movie. I'm assuming it's Danish because it is supposed to be a small island outside of uh, Copenhagen or Denmark, something. I mean, and it's a pretty easy series to get through because it's only six episodes and each episode is like 25 to 30 minutes when you take away the credits. I'm going to argue with you. It's kind of hard to get through. It's not that tough to get through, bro. It's... I mean, it's a pretty easy glide, but um, (laughs) so a family who is just trying to reconnect over Christmas heard from a, from a work coworker that, Hey, I've got a cabin out on this Island that nobody's at. So if you're trying to just get away and enjoy a really family centric Christmas, here you go. Um, So they rent this cabin on the Island and you start to get the impression pretty quickly that they're not used to outsiders. And they're just like, okay, so just as you're he's saying here, note that this is a preserve. You stay on the coastal road and, you know, we don't like cutting down trees and uh, enjoy your Christmas. Hmm. And the family is an interesting dynamic because you have the daughter who's probably on the cusp of turning into a teenager who's trying to prove to her mother that she is a, a mature enough, adult enough kid to have a dog and it sounds like her mom still babies her abuser as a little girl and then there's the older brother who's kind of a jerk to her all the time doing the big brotherly thing teenager and then there's the father who's trying to be the cool dad and you know but the mother's obviously a corporate worker type Mm. so you have this family dynamic where the daughter tries to tell them stuff or talk to them about things and she always gets shut down And really what I came away with a major theme of this whole series was this is why you buy your kid a dog so that they don't attract supernatural entities (laughs) or (laughs) try to befriend them when those entities potentially want to eat your face. (laughs) (laughs) 
That uh, sounds like a logical way to proceed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically the series in a nutshell. Because the family on their way, because they didn't stay on the coast, Daddy thought it'd be cool to take a a, a shorter route through the woods. Um, they hit something, and she thinks she sees it, and she's like, "We hit something!" I'm like, no, we didn't, because it's like a black spot on the car, not mm. that looks like a chemical to them versus blood color. Uh. So she sneaks out that night and brings back a baby elf that she doesn't know is a baby elf and nurses it back to health. And unfortunately, chaos and death ensues. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So are these, uh, so these are dark elves then, right? That is, that is definitely what's going on. And probably just go ahead and spoiler yeah. alert. Definitely yeah, recommend, I, recommend this as a, as a unique movie series. But as we go into talk more about it, probably spoil alert our audience. <laughs> It's hard to tell. It almost looked like she was holding Groot in that picture. He looks a lot like Groot. That's that. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a very close analogy. Yes, they oh. probably did that on purpose. I'm thinking, right? Help attract more people to watch. Sure. It. It's just it's just one of those. You know, at first it's cute, and then it's all scary, like Gremlins kind of thing going on. Uh, the yes. adults are scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. It's a cool take on Elf and Dark Elf, because you get the the folklore is that. People like living on this island because it's quiet, it's peaceful, um, and easygoing. And the price they pay is that they have to sacrifice a cow every once in a while to keep the elves behind the fence happy. Because they tried tried to start logging like 15 years ago on the island. A company came in, bought something, started logging, and basically... You don't get huge details. There was a massacre because the elves did not like their shit being cut down. Okay. So do the elves have any magical powers in the show? No, or? They're, no, they're just gruesome. evil. They, they just seem to be there just seem to be a lot of them and they're kind of fast and kind of creepy. Like they're um, more like an, an animal, a natural just animal. They, they move in packs. They, they can understand you. Mm. but they just kind of it's almost like chimpanzees would you say Stu? oh uh, yeah almost really like um like sasquatch actually in some in some ways you know more, more the, mm. the, the 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 hairy wild creature that lives out in the wilderness that's that's like us that perhaps you know the the, the infant i i never quite got the sense of do the elves actually understand danish or not yeah because she she tries to teach the elf her name and the elf is able to say her name, and she has a name for the elf. Yeah, but I'm not sure they're actually communicating. I'm not sure it's it's very it's very ambiguous. Well, most of the series is really that is really that ambiguous, honestly. Just uh, I think just one random photo of the elves from this movie, and that's how you start out the legend of Big Ears. Nah. i don't want to talk about it with at any point like so we see how kind of acute some of those pictures look uh do their eyes always look like they're innocent or are there times where no they they don't so they're just baby yoded up the baby yeah i think because when they grow up uh it's a lot of teeth and narrow eyes and you can tell they're meant to be camouflaged because they look like they're just roots in the ground when they're down in the okay. ground. 
Well, they huh. kind of move like that too. Like, yeah, they uh, make a lot of noise. Like Aaron made the comment last night because we finished it last night. Um, at least they're so loud when they move the crinkling that because they have a lot of like wood and bark camouflage naturally that seems to grow out of them. So when they mm -hmm. move, it crunches like a broken mm. branch. So they can't really sneak up on you. No. Okay. Well, it, it, except they kind of can because you can't really see them coming. They're that they're that well camouflaged. You I guess know, yeah. I guess that makes sense. You the, hear something, but you're not sure what it is. Yeah. Right. And and, and you, you'll see the movement. That's that's how they depict their movement through most of the series. Is you'll see their movement through the grass, but you don't actually see the elves themselves until they're right on top of you. So you hear so something, you hear but you that. fail your perception check when you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see them moving close up. It's kind of herky-jerky like they're almost like they're breaking wood just to move. They move like they mm. solidify if they <clears throat> remain stationary for too long so that cracking sound they make is just kind of like i don't know i almost get the impression that they're they're moving because they're keeping their head low so the wood more woody part sticks out so they're trying to move in a way that their prey wouldn't notice. So they can creep closer and hopefully you're not noticing mm. versus just being above the ground and coming right at you quickly. They're mm -hmm. trying to get closer so that they can take you out. So is that the forest where they live? Yes, because just... after the logging accident, the grandmother of a, a local girl that they the teenage brother starts to crush on uh, mm -hmm. because lack of options. <laughs> <laughs> um, she basically locked down the island and the people looked to her to keep the elves happy because everyone on the island knows about them. Um, you keep them I mean, happy. So all the locals, this isn't new to them. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, and they put up this fence. They give them their things so they stay happy behind the fence, their cows or whatever. But because this little girl got this elf and took it back to her house, instead of putting it on the end, back on the inside of the fence, it pisses them off. They're like, one of you has one of us. And so when a guy goes in to give another yeah, cow to them, he doesn't come back out. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. And then that's kind of like she keeps making terrible decisions that end up killing people. Kind of like Carl in The Walking Dead. You kind of <laughs> want to be like, shut up, Carl. <laughs> See, this, is, this is why I said it was really hard to watch because that little girl was just pissing me off through the whole series. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be really mad if she makes it through this alive. <laughs> and, uh, she was, I mean, and it's, it's, it's so, I found it just so ambiguous because, you know, the, the the child elf is this very innocent creature. And you have the sense that, you know, we could just communicate with the elves. You know, we, we could get along. We could figure it out. But then when the little girl hasn't, you know, and whenever you have an encounter with the elf, they're absolutely fearsome creatures. They're these terrible, you know, hungry predators that'll just, they'll just rip you apart. <laughs> and, 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 and it really goes back and it goes back and forth. There was, or should we sympathize with the elves or are they, are they entirely malevolent when they when they get older or not? And or have we screwed up the is it possible we just screwed up our relationship with nature so much that now the elves are just that upset with us that that's all that's left to them? Right. Um, 
and, and I and I, I'm not sure what the theme of the. It's very difficult for me to to suss out the theme of the uh, of the program. I mean, because she she really does the little girl who who annoyed uh, Seth so much. Um, she really does develop a rapport with this child elf, hmm. and then when the when the mother finds this this girl with this child elf, she immediately starts throwing any projectiles she can get her hands on at the at the baby elf. It was just, I mean, just like the ultimate. I mean, filmically, we've been trained to see that as just a dumb move, mm-hmm. you know. And, and but then towards the end, they're like, "No, she's the one who really loves you. She's the one who'll protect you." And you you really go back and forth. Like, I'm not sure what this story is trying to communicate to me here. It mm-hmm. to... That's where it seems like you're given this history, but you never get a chance to see it. There was a time there was no fence. The people lived on the island with the elves, and obviously things were good. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Stu, like you said, there was a balance. There was a, a maybe they're not talking, they're not collaborating and having like winter socials, <laughs> but there was a peaceful coexistence. And then when they started logging, they they just were done with you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the elves seem to perceive the humans. Yeah. So what what I don't understand then is, you know, they went in to do the logging. The elves attacked the loggers in some fashion. Which were all made up of local people. People who knew about it and went in because there was a promise of money by this outside company. Well, that was dumb. So, but... Typical. (laughs) What I don't understand is why nobody called, like, the authorities to have... The military come in and clear out the elves because they're seen as a sacred thing the leader of the of the island was like we told you not to do this people went in there like her own daughter and son-in-law died in that massacre but ah. the grandmother is like shouldn't have done it we have to keep this place sacred they never resort to bringing in the outsiders they fix it themselves is what they say so so really it's the, the elves probably around that time, the only reason humans were allowed with them is because they, they basically allowed it. The relationship was good. Yes. As it deteriorated, it became like, we'll let you stay as long as you keep following the rules, if you will. You know, uh, there's a sacrifice or whatever. Yeah, well, they and, contained and, the elves, like in well, the forest. Yeah, they, they, they didn't, they didn't, because the, this fence is electrified. So uh, that's, that's the only thing that's really oh, okay. is this electrified fence. The what is ambiguous, at least with some commentators I've seen, is that it appears that elves can burrow. And we know that at least the gate doesn't go underground. So what the heck is keeping these elves in the fence if they can burrow? And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of ambiguity, you know, about okay. is, is this really a reaction to things being out of out of sync with nature, or or are these things just are, or are elves more like bears or they're just eternally ticked off and you've got to play you just have to keep placating them mm-hmm. or, and is there any there? any special thing you have to do to kill them or is there any yeah. way of no. warding them off no, they're 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 very killable okay uh, in fact one character kills one by accident which i won't even which i won't go into because that's a that's certainly something of a spoiler hmm. um I, I'll, I'll speak to the ambiguity because that actually and i'm not sure this is intentional by the creators or not but that really does speak to the to the folklore around elves or, or, or folk belief or medi- or even medieval belief, really, because I'm not sure if you even call it folklore because it's so institutionalized. 
And in the Middle Ages, a lot of just, elves are really, I'm, I was really surprised how similar elves are to vampires in this way. Mm. The elves are something you blame diseases on. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in medieval medical texts, you'll have these, you'll have these conditions where they'll say, well, he's elf shot. Meaning he's got, he's been cursed by this elf. This elf is mm. irritated this elf somehow and this elf has made him sick. Or even um, more like vampires, he's, um, it's elf sucking. Or oh. like, like anemia or tuberculosis. It's like a wasting disease. It's like, well, it's because mm. this elf is, is drawing on him. And, and it's a much more, I mean, you people uh, don't see the elves or anything like that. That's just there, which in, in vampire folklore, that's very similar. You don't, you rarely see the vampire when people actually believe in vampires. It's a more of a mystical association that the elves are somehow causing this. So it's this very baleful, explicitly in the medical text, there's this very baleful presence. But at the same time, you have a linguistic sense that there is a certain kinship with these spirits also. Um, indeed, I, I couldn't help but think of Batman with this. Mm-hmm. Alfred literally means elf counselor. Oh. Uh, and people would, name, people would name their, yeah, it, there are lots of old English names. Alfred is the one that I think survives most of the present day, but there are a lot of English names that start with elf. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh. and it's, it's like, and it's very much an homage to this, this spirit that we have some sort of relationship with. So is that a name you'd give your kid or a name you'd give yourself to be, to come into a new community and be like, "Mm, (laughs) Alfred, as it, as it was communicated to me, it was a name that you would give your kid. It was, it was a a blessing you'd give your child that you, Hmm. you know, that, that, you know, this is a, my child is one who can communicate, who is a, who is like an, an elf an elf counselor who is like We're in a, a high elf, elf traffic yeah. area let's uh, make sure that the baby uh, is on good terms from the get-go <laughs> well and, and and there's a lot of that really um you're, you're talking about are these lighter dark elves i was looking you know the the other yeah you know, that's that what i'm talking about now is more a little more of a british tradition or saxon tradition um the more traditionally nordic tradition if you I, could, I almost have to define the Nordic tradition as the, as the, the, the prose edda and the poetic edda, because that's our, that's our oldest text that we have, even though that's, by that point, is very Christianized and so forth. But in the prose and poetic edda, in the poetic, in the prose edda, it's, it's explicit that the elves that live above ground are these um, pure, you know, virtuous light elves, mm-hmm. and the dark elves are the ones that live underground, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're nasty. And that's, the alfar... And the Yoselfar? Something like that. Something like that. Um, d- 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 depending on what, what, which language you're talking about, because there are dozens of terms that eventually tra- translate back to elf, mm-hmm. eventually. Um, I, I was surprised that the, well, you're familiar, you, you're all D&D players, with the, with the drow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, ex- that's explicit. That's right out of, that's right out of uh, Snorri Snorrelson's um, Prozetta. It, it, it's Svartolves. I believe dark, dark, dark elves. Yeah, yeah. Good. Like in there was there's Alfheim and mm-hmm. Svartalfheim, two yep. of the nine realms. Yep, and, Al- and Alfheim is up above, and the the dark elves they live below the earth. They're down underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're subterranean creatures. And this in the Nordic tradition, this is not a dead thing. You're talking about you know, hey, this is a high elf area. We better be 
we better be on good um, terms with the elves. That's not entirely a dead tradition. I, I always heard this word translated as fairies, but then I looked into the linguistics and this is it's actually elves we're dealing with. Um, are you guys familiar with the situation of road building in Iceland? Yes, that's I why I just sent an article over. Oh, you did, did you? All right, yeah. In the, in the 1930s, there was this road, be, this, there was this road being built. And, well, at least according to the, the local newspaper reports, they kept having all kinds of troubles. Their, their tools would go missing. Um, the things would break down. And traditionally, as elves become more benevolent in the, in the British and, and Germanic traditions, that's really more the type of the level of pranks they play. They become a lot less deadly as time as time goes on. So, but I think that depends. That might be more of the mm -hmm. pop culture, but the villages who live in these traditionally high no, they're, high no, they're, they're areas, because um, I knew a, a businessman who made a lot of trips to Iceland and had friends out there, and he visited the home of one of his associates who lived there and she was from Iceland and mm -hmm. it's at the edge of these woods. And he's like, it's a bright, beautiful night. You know, the rural Borealis is out. Let's, let's go for a walk. And she is like, hell no. You see those woods down there? There are trolls down there. Mm -hmm. We, we don't cross a line. We don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, in the, in the nineteen by the nineteen thirties, they were building this basically the interstate through Iceland, and they kept running these technical issues. And they said, "Well, that's because this hill over here is it's literally named Elf Hall. That's yeah. the name of it. That's where the that's where the elves live." And so they reroute. They said, "Well, you can't beat them, join them," and they rerouted the highway around Elf Hall. And then in the 1980s, as they often do around here, they said they're doing some extensive re interstate renovation. And when that crew got close to Elf Hall, their drill bit started breaking down. Again, stuff started going missing again. And so they did it again. We're gonna ride, we're gonna route around Elf Hall, <laughs> leave it alone. And in 2014, and I, I halfway wonder if this isn't somewhat euphemistic, because there's a Nordic church, there's a um, a pagan church in Iceland that like literally worships Odin and so forth. But if you talk to anyone who's involved with the church, they say, listen, we don't literally believe that there's an eight-legged horse running through the, through the heavens. <laughs> it's, more our, it's more our relationship to ecology and history. Right. But in, in 2014, they were playing another road and it was going to go right through this volcanic, this unspoiled volcanic region of Iceland. And there were protests, there were protesters saying, no, that's where the elves live. You can't go through there. So it's it's a very it's a very real living tradition in some regions, well, and particularly Iceland, frankly. Do you think that the um, transformation of the elves into sort of um, uh, murderous, evil creatures in the forest to something that's more of a, a pranking, stealing tools kind of a creature was a way of sort of maintaining the myth of the elves without you know, having to have all these dead bodies and people <laughs> failing, you know, all these major investigations, because mm -hmm. obviously if you've got a bunch of people being killed by some creature, you're going to have, you know, some sort of an authority service going in and trying to find it and root out and figure out what really happened. And mm -hmm. whereas if you have missing tools, uh, you know, most of that's probably not going to even get reported to the authorities. It's just going to be rumor that's just going to float around from person to person, right? Mm -hmm. 
So it's more easy to keep the myth alive. If you say, you know, I lost a tool, nobody's going to expect a, a major um, sheriff or police investigation into that. Whereas if somebody got killed, obviously there's going to be a huge investigation and somebody's right. going to be taken. Yeah. The yeah. And I don't think there's uh, the elves in the film. I don't, I've never found a, I haven't found any folklore where they're that violent. It's really, it's really much more, I mean, we, the where, where the folklore does ring true is they're fine unless you piss them off yeah. and then you got a problem but the problem with, but the problem you have is more like they'll st- well i guess this is a big problem they'll, they'll steal children it's not so much oh. they'll come through and murder everybody like so your, your child goes missing or your animals go missing mm-hmm. right or your or your milk or your food just goes missing it just goes away which I mean, and you can reconcile that with the, with the with the physical universe. You know, someone's child is is stolen. You, if you can't find a a suitable subject, you say, well, perhaps maybe the elves did it. Right. It's not not entirely impossible. What did you do to piss off that damn elf? <laughs> and ah, old school victim blaming. And that's that's some, somewhat how we how we domesticate the elves as as, as time goes forward. Take away the murder. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, take away the take away the malevolence. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there really was that much murder going on, unless you count child stealing, which or red caps, you know. But then they become more like trolls or goblins. I haven't okay. heard of red caps. Yeah, talk uh, about red caps. The red caps were they were considered fey. Okay. But it was whether or not it was like it was more on the elf or goblin side. But basically, uh, I think they're mostly out of the UK. But they're called red caps because they liked consuming and killing humans and they would dye their caps red from the blood of humans. Mm. Yeah, the blood of the people they killed, they dipped their caps in. Yeah. Huh. That, that, that sounds almost more like a goblin. Yeah. I hear that, that, that sort of thing. So, but... Um, so I, I personally like I enjoyed what they tried to do with the mythology. I felt like they didn't go far enough and I fit I felt like it was too happy of an ending. But you being a folklore person, mm-hmm. what was your reaction? Do you think they did enough to really make people appreciate the, the folklore or did they rush it? I, I well, it seems like they made up their own folklore because I mean let's there are no I could not I cannot find a tradition of elves that look like that. I mean, because the, the, the elves, as they're, when they're grown, yeah, they, they look like Groot. They are big and they are scary and they are vicious. And it, and elves are a little more conniving like that. It's, it's more of a of a cat model than a than a dog or a bear model. Um, hmm. and, and, and that's what people people do when they go in when they go into you know adapting folklore to to fiction. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that, but. Yeah, they're they're kind of going on their own. I mean, you, you could have called you could have called them anything, but I think they're just, they choose the word elves because it resonates with people and 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 so forth. Uh, with elves, there's always seems to be, at least linguistically and folklorically, this little this little back and forth. Um, they're your helpers. They're your uh, they're, they're like the, uh, the domovoi in the in the Russian tradition. They 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 can be helpers. They can be counselors. But for if you mess with them, they will mess with you back. And you, and you don't want to do that. Maybe you're you're better off leaving them alone. And they really didn't get to that. I mean, they I think they wanted they wanted a horror, but then they wanted this 
cute little ET slash Mac and me slash whatever thing going on. And I, I don't think they really, it, it looks like like a, like one of those group projects where two people couldn't, they couldn't decide what they want to do. So they, well, let's just do them both. Mm. And, it, and it was kind of unsatisfying. And I, I totally see where you're coming from and I agree, but you know, to me, they really tried to probably took a lot of inspiration from Brian Froud, who was the primary lead designer for Labyrinth, but him and his wife have been saying they see fairies for years. And when you look at his art, his perception of what he says fairies are, they're much more integrated with nature. Um, so like the, the link I sent, uh-huh. uh, if you scroll down more in the images, they become more nature-y. Mm-hmm. Um, put that link in the um, episode links when we post it. But if you search Brian Froud, uh, Bad Fairies, he's got a book that's good fairies and bad fairies and it flips actually in verses the bad like his fairies are more integrated they look like nature and branches and leaves they camouflage in your garden um especially the bad fairies and that's where i felt like they took a lot of inspiration from from the creature effects and their existence in this well Stu, how did the elves get integrated in the whole christmas tradition well, that's a that, that's a good question because we were talking about these very these really very regional folklores of mm-hmm. Iceland and Scandinavia and Britain. Um, the elfin um, the elves get integrated into uh, the Santa tradition through another brand of regional folklore. That that region is New Jersey. Ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Uh, there, there was a. <laughs> okay. <laughs> twi- awesome. twist. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. yeah exactly. No. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just sent uh, the group a, a link to a poem that appeared in uh, Harper's Weekly, which is, which is a, was ostensibly out of uh, New York with the right, but this particular poem comes out of New Jersey, where it just goes through, this, um, it was written in 1857, and that would be uh, 35 years after Clement Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas. There's no, mm-hmm. There are no elves in The Visit from St. Nicholas. It's just Santa doing it all by himself. At mm-hmm. one point, they, they call him an elf. Uh, you know, to give them sort of this mystical okay. um, aura, this, this mystical the relationship. The jolly old elf. Thing. Yes, yeah, the, the jolly old elf. And mm-hmm. He put nose to his finger, to his finger to his nose in spite of himself, and or chuckled himself in spite of himself, yeah, like that. Yeah. And the, but in, in this 1857 poem, which has not survived in popular imagination nearly as well as, as Moore's has, that's where you have this idea that Santa has these elves that are working, mm-hmm. that are working for him. But the idea is that if you ever found were to find Santa's workshop, the, the elves would just be gone. They'd stop working and boom, that, that would be it. So yeah, you, the only person who can possibly believe in it is someone who cannot, who's never seen it. Because if you ever see it, you can't believe it exists. Huh. Huh. Yeah, so yeah, the, the wonders of Santa Claus, beyond the ocean, many a mile and many a year ago, so you're saying it's Schrodinger elves? Sorry, I'm sorry. You're yes, exactly, me. exactly. Schrodinger's elves. There lived oh, a wonderful <laughs> queer old man in a wonderful house of snow. And every little boy and girl on Christmas Eve's arrived. No doubt will be very glad to hear the old man is still alive. In his house upon the top of a hill and almost out of sight, he keeps a great many elves at work, all working with all their might to make a million pretty things Cake, sugar, plums, and toys to fill the stockings hung up, hung up, you know, 
by the little girls and boys. Not creepy at all. <laughs> it, it gets creepier, actually. There's there's a stanza in there that I really had trouble making it through I realized, until I realized it was about a toy. But yeah, oh, there's creepy. something about, a, about an old woman being kept in a box. And I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? And I'm like, oh, okay. They're talking about like a, like a jack-in-the-box type of toy. Okay. But, uh... It, it had, had, had me had me going there for a second. I was like, okay, this this, this just took a dark turn that I'm really not comfortable with. But for yeah, that's some, yeah. For some reason, don't know why that reminds me of my one of my favorite Christmas songs, <laughs> "Night Santa Went Crazy" by Weird Al. Weird Al. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know that one. That's wonderful. Thank you. Really? Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that either. Oh, it's fantastic. I oh, love it. Gracious. I, I I've heard um I've heard Christmas his Christmas at Ground Zero certainly right. which, is, which is wonderful. Um, locally in the have we talked about this before on the on the show? I'm not certain because I'm I'm actually coming up with some material on this that I'll let you know about as soon as it's done. But uh, Willa Cather, the great Nebraska author whose statue is being placed in the Capitol Rotunda, now re- re- replacing William Jennings Bryan and Jay Sterling Morton. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, Nebraska's had, if you don't know, either is replacing or has replaced um, these two old white guys with um, Willa Cather and Chief Standing Bear hmm. as our representatives in the Capitol Rotunda now. Um, but no, she published a story as a, as a young author uh, called, uh, the, I believe it's called The Strategy of the Werewolf Dog. Oh. Which, is, which essentially is about a werewolf uh, with some kind of a grudge against Santa and the reindeer who ends up murdering all but one of the reindeer at one oh, point. Oh, my God. And That's it's, awesome. it, it, it's that, that, that part of it is, is really pretty dark. And it's, Did he um, save Rudolph? That's all I want to know. No, the, 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 this, this predates Rudolph. Rudolph no. was not a thing yet. No, there, there one, I, I think one, I believe it's Blitzen, one of the reindeer, Donner or Blitzen, one of the two, uh, survives and crawls back to Santa's abode. And this polar bear, who's like Santa's lead assistant, um, comes up with a scheme and well let, let's just say that uh if you're familiar with george washington addressing his troops you know saying, yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm sorry i i need my spectacles to read my address because i've gone not just gray but blind in the service of my country and the, the soldiers all break down crying like oh my goodness how could we have ever been this disloyal to our commander in our country well in the in the willa cather story the, the same thing happens with the drunken seal a drunken seal. <laughs> yes, and, I, and you know what? I, I'm I am not going to explain that any further. I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> Was she doing edibles when she wrote the story? That's all I want to know. Um, I wouldn't rule that out. Certainly. <laughs> so, are elves more in association than with Krampus? Does that have a longer, more like? substantiated collaboration in folklore than they do with Santa Claus? That's a good question. That's a good question because the elves that are working for Santa, they're obviously very benevolent. I mean, there's nothing ambiguous ambiguous about that at all. But elves and and Krampus, that's a good question. I'm going to, I thankfully just happen to be sitting at a keyboard or which I will unashamedly research Krampus elves. Oh my gosh. I, I'm not sure there's really, I could be wrong. I likely am wrong, but I don't think that, I'm not sure if Krampus, does, does Krampus really have any help? I think he's, I think he's a solo act. He looks yeah, like I've never seen, 
I've never seen any images of Krampus with assistance or anything. He always uh, seems to be mostly associated with St. Nick. Um, St. Nick visits the good boys and girls on Christmas Eve. Krampus visits the bad ones and beats them with reeds, throws them in a bag, drags them to hell. Actually, I think he drowns them in a river first. But anyway. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> because uh, the, I think the elves with Krampus is probably a more modern, mm. just movie, movie effect. Because you saw that in the actual American movie Krampus where he had helpers that could be considered elves. And then in the foreign movie Rare Exports, which is a giggle. I enjoyed Rare Exports actually more. I felt like they balanced the comedy and the lightness with the dark and murdery on Christmas better than, than this TV series. So I highly recommend that um, Kramp Santa is Krampus. They're the same thing basically in that. And um, he has elves that help him. Yeah. I mean, there's some pictures of, <clears throat> so um, Krampus knocked is a festival that's held in, germanic countries right and uh, i think that's on like december 5th or 7th somewhere around there every year um and you'll always you can get on youtube and just do a search for krampus knocked and um you'll see all these festivals that happen in all these different cities and these uh individuals that dress up as krampus i mean these costumes are absolutely the stuff of nightmares <laughs> these masks and everything and they've got you know hairy um, outfits that they're dressed in and they've got whips and um, torches and uh, all kinds of horrible things. Yeah, there's some examples. And uh, <clears throat> uh, usually you'll see all these Krampus and they'll be um, accompanied by an individual dressed as uh, or costumed up as St. Nick. But um, <laughs> the, the thing that's kind of struck me is that Saint Nick almost looks in some of these more horrible than the cramp eye than himself. So cramp eye. There's usually there's usually yeah. only one Saint Nick, but then there's like, you know, 50 or so of these cramp eye Krampus dudes, you know, accompanying German, him. German word with the Lord the Latin plural, I tell you. <laughs> and I, I know that the episode is about L the show elves and elves but now i just want to make the episode the title for this episode cramp high <laughs> <laughs> don't get fake news Seth. El elves cramp high and the various thing of yeah okay so then just you know in regards to this episode final crazy question everyone if you hit an elf in the woods with your car are you going to try and stay and save the elf or are you going to just keep driving because none of that Do i know it's an elf if it's the movie you don't you just Fair know it's, it's just let's just say it's a creature that looks cute you hit baby yoda on the road what are you doing why was Baby Yoda in the road? We That's don't know. To get to the other have side. Dark we don't have. Dark uh, well, if it was me, I'm probably driving fast enough to the point where I know there's no point in stopping to check because I know I killed whatever it was that I did. 
<laughs> that is my answer. <laughs> All right, Stan. I I think I'd try. Oh, sorry. No, I, I think I'd try to uh, to uh, go back and get it because think of the think of the action on the talk shows and stuff. <laughs> or the guy that that saved like uh, you know Baby Yoda essentially. Yeah, I, I would definitely go back to get it. The, the, the mistake I would hopefully would not make, and I think that may be a, a theme of, of um, taboo violation fiction like, like, like this is, is I would try to avoid the, the information asymmetry. Because the first thing I'd see, okay, I find this unfamiliar creature on this, in this unfamiliar, mysterious island that people have already been very creepy about. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, much like this. I'm not going to yeah. say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to keep this to myself. I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to someone on the island who I trust or figure out who I, try and suss out who that would be and say, okay, here's what I got. What do we do about this? And look uh, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to try and solve this out of ignorance. I'm going to, you know, that, that's, that's my ethos. I, 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 try, right. I try to get, you know, rather than try to oppose the community and try to bring my own values to it, I think you have to understand the community. So I, 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 what I would do is I would, you know, get this elf, make sure it's, you know, medically stable, and then you know go to the person, the person <laughs> I, I trust the most on this island and say, okay, here's who I found. What's the next step? What do we do with this? And I think you can avoid a lot of negative consequences that way. Yeah, I like it. I like a there's lot. There's that. There's that picture I was talking about with the uh, Saint Nick, and look mm -hmm. at how creepy that guy's face looks. Yeah, but look at the look at the Saint Nick in the black. That guy's jacked. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he works out a lot. Well, all right. All right. Um, Linda, what would you do? Hit an elf in the woods. <laughs> if you hit an elf in the woods, does anybody hear it? <laughs> uh, I think I'd be like Chris. I'd keep going. Keep going. I'm oh, not getting out of it. That that <laughs> is a hard question. If I hit baby Yoda in the woods, uh I think I'd have to say kind of like Stu. I definitely wouldn't like I wouldn't take it and then hide it. I'd would be I'd try and find a vet in the area and be like, hey, there's this weird thing. Uh help. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And if they were like, oh, I don't know what that is, then I found a new creature and then I get to name it. And <laughs> if they're like, holy shit, put that behind the back behind the electric fence, where'd you get this? I'd be like, okay. It's a kind because it's kind of like if you hit a bear cub, do you stop do you pick up the bear? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So now, now, that's that's a good question. I think if it's a small enough cub, especially if you've got a pickup, I think you almost do. And then, but then you do what uh, what you said. You either take it to either a vet or to well, you, you you call you call the park ranger. But you make damn sure that the mama bear isn't around, right? You've got a point there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't actually pick up the bear. Maybe from respectful distance, you call the park ranger and say, "Hey, I just had a bear out of here. Yeah. You want to send somebody out here to look out after medically, or what do you want to do?" And mm -hmm. Like that, that little girl, it's like nobody ever took her to a zoo and was like, hey, you see how those uh, tiger cubs are really cute? Yeah, you still don't pet them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do, but that's it. 
That's so, there, 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 there was a whole mini series on that last year, Steph. In fact, you may have heard about it. <laughs> no, uh, the, perfect point. You think some stuff would be natural, but when I was a, a teacher at the SMU field school in New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico, we're in the middle of Carson Natural National Forest. Some of the the college kids who are all pretty much city folk told the security person the next day, like, oh, we were out walking in the woods last night and we saw this cute bear cub and we almost picked it up. It was awesome, but we didn't, you know, it was in a hard to reach place. And the, the security person was like, you do realize you would be dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like where there's a bear cub, there's a mom and they're going to eat your face. <laughs> like, like, cause the security guard ran into me and told me this later. And she was like, how how do you not know you right. see don't touch shiny <laughs> things cute things yeah. yes this, this is what we would Headly call thing. natural selection though <laughs> sometimes the bears naturally select to eat certain people and on that note uh Make sure you feed Santa this Christmas, kids, but don't feed the bears or the trolls. <laughs> or the elves. Or the elves. Or the elves. <laughs> Santa, will, Santa will appreciate your edibles. <laughs> People, if you don't know what it is, maybe don't make it a pet. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, that's the moral of the story. Sage advice, Seth. <laughs> All right, well. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. As always, you can uh, watch this episode and find out all of our other episodes on galacticdriftwood.space. You can also check out our partner podcasters on synergynation.net. That's syn, S-Y-N, nation.net. And um, on that note, we'll bid you do. Hope you all have a wonderful, a happy Christmas. And we will talk to you again uh, next week, right before New Year's, where we'll talk about uh, some of the new uh, sci-fi stuff that's about to come out on asteroids and and fun things like that. So take care, y'all. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.